Welcome to Archery Country Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Archery Country Podcast. This is Wade. We are in the Wade Park location. I have Jake and Brandon here, and we are talking to a dude that is way out west and uh, a major contributor to Victory and Victory Archery, Victory Arrows. We have Devin O.D., a marketing and graphics manager. How are you doing, Devin? Doing great. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing We're good. Rolling. We're rolling. We're glad that we could have you on. Uh, we've been kind of itching to do an arrow podcast uh we're going to get into a little bit about arrow builds and we're going to do the, a little bit of history on victory and really dive into what sets them apart from other arrows our number one selling arrow in the shop and uh, we've all had success stories not only just animals but uh, in the target world as well they performed outstanding but uh, before we get into the actual carbon lay i guess you could say let's talk a little bit about you devin give us a little history on you know your hunting and your your target world and where you came from and how you how you kind of got with victory yeah absolutely um so i started bow hunting and just kind of like seriously shooting archery about seven years ago i got stuck back east when i was visiting my um Beyonce's family by hurricane sandy you remember that one and we, uh, we got trapped there, went in our basement, found some bows, started shooting pumpkins, and I was, I was hooked ever since um, and just kind of fell face first into the world of archery and um, got myself an old Matthews hunting bow and just started shooting like crazy and getting ready to try to go out and hunt and teach myself. I'm actually the first person in my family to bow hunt or do any hunting. So, you know, that whole craft crash course of uh just trying to trying to learn the ropes and figure out how to how to shoot and how to hunt um, everything it's been a wild ride but um you know I've, I've been hunting here in in southern california for for quite a few years and quite unsuccessfully i'm pretty sure there's only about five or six deer out there in the mountains that i've chased around but um my wife actually uh got into it around the same time as me and she shot a doe a couple years ago, so that was pretty cool. Um, since then, we we go out to New York and uh, whitetail hunt. That was where I shot my first deer, first couple deer out there. And um, I did Wyoming last year, shot an antelope. And um, best thing about California is we've got pigs, so I've got pig hunting and shot some pigs out here. Just you know, finally picked up some momentum. And it's tough, man. It's, it's tough trying to teach yourself, but. Um, Finally, I've had, I've had some good mentors and worked at a, at a bow shop for a few years, performance archery, and and then uh, ended up getting a job at Victory. So that sort of really helped me pick up the whole technical aspect of it. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. And since then, I've really gotten into the target world too. So just kind of do it all. Perfect. And the, so victory, um, give us a little background on the legacy of victory and the arrows from start to finish or start to where we're at right now, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. So victory was founded, you know, a little over a decade ago and, um, you know, it, it was bought by Aldola, uh, golf Corp, 
are all the little composites, um, which is, you know, a golf company. And they've got a big plant here in San Diego. Uh, and they're, they're pretty famous in the golf world for making, you know, really, really high-end golf shafts. So, um, you know, Victory really was put on the map before that point, um, what really put them on the map was the, the innovation of a micro diameter, all carbon shaft. Um, and that was the VAP. Um, and that, that was just kind of revolutionary, I think, in the sense that putting that micro diameter together, working on the, the outsert technology, the outsert technology has really evolved over the last decade. But, um, I think that's that's really what what helped Victory get its start was just and a really really great penetrating arrow um, something that was incredibly durable it had those you know thicker walls so um, yeah so that was kind of what got it gave us a start and then we were bought by Aldola um, which which gave us immediately access to a lot more materials and design expertise and um, just you know that sort of history of, of carbon fiber knowledge. And then more recently, a few years ago, we were bought by Mitsubishi Chemical, which also purchased Aldola. So it was like they purchased Aldola and then um, Victory came with it. Pretty sweet deal. So that's been, again, just like a game changer for us because, you know, Mitsubishi is one of the largest carbon manufacturers in the world and they've got carbon fiber prepreg plants distributed all over the United States. So that's where we make the carbon fiber actually in-house. And we're one of the only companies that I think that actually does that. Um, it has that vertical integration where we're, we're making the raw material that's actually going into the shaft. And we have such a huge diverse library of materials and resins to choose from that it really allows us to play around with different concepts, new aero builds, uh, new innovations, really lightweight shafts, super heavy shafts, stainless steel infused shafts. You, you get the idea. All these different things that that we can um, work and and kind of fit into our airline. And, and as people are asking for it, try to deliver on that. And that technology actually gets traded back and forth between the golf division and the victory, and the archery division. So like they they recently launched the the MMT air, uh, golf shaft, which is basically the same concept as our extortion shaft that we launched a couple years ago. And that's been blowing up for the golf side. So kind of cool how that we, we take a lot of technology from them, but it's cool that we were able to kind of pass one back their way. Very, very technical, the victory. And, and we'll have customers come into the shop. And I think sometimes they're overwhelmed because we have however many hundreds of dozens loose arrows. And then we have packaged arrows and from a common archer's eye, they look at an arrow or they grab an arrow or they feel an arrow. They might not know right off the bat, you know, what the, the internal concept or the technical aspect is of it, which kind of sets you guys apart. Because when you grab, let's say, a TKO, right away you're going to notice the difference between a standard shaft that's on the shelf. And then, of course, your micro diameter is a huge game changer. Not only a physical appearance, but just like you're saying, penetration. And we'll really dissect into arrows in a second, but that kind of brings us to our next question on the scale of things is, is victory does something different and you touch as much as you can or you can't and, you know, don't break any boundaries of it, what have you. But what is victory doing that's different that has set them aside 
and now and you know in that in the driver's seat as far as the race every year you guys are coming out with some awesome awesome products that really you know can change not only your level of accuracy but the the game in general what is victory doing different i mean i think you you hit the nail on the head uh that every year we're coming out with with new products and we're not just coming out with you know the same shaft with a new label um we're we're really trying to innovate, and we're we're not just going to repurpose an old an old arrow and put a new label on it and say, "Hey, look at this innovation." Um, you know, every year for the last decade, Victory has come out with, on average, two to three arrows that are truly um, unique and innovative and serve a purpose and 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 corner like a niche aspect of the the arrow market and are something that people have been asking us for. So. I mean, I think one of the things that people are most surprised when they look at the victory line and they're not familiar is the diversity of the arrows that we make and just the absolute, like, um, the span of the line that we have. I mean, we literally have everything that you can imagine from micro diameter to, you know, fast target shaft, um, the lightest weight option that you want, the heaviest option that you want. Um, something that's going to, you know, reduce torque. We've got now stainless steel and carbon fiber infused shafts for just extreme durability and, you know, kind of like your perfect hunting arrow setups. So, you know, if I had to put it to one word, I would say it's, it's definitely innovation. Um, but with innovation then comes the, you have to, you have to be able to produce, right? It's one thing to make a prototype of something that's fantastic. But then when you go to production, if your tolerances uh, aren't there, you can't, you know, you can't hold yourself to that standard, then what's the point? So I think the, the aspect that has really gotten people excited about victory is the fact that our tolerances are just through the roof. And, you know, we do offer a 1,000 straightness arrow for pretty much everything we sell. Everything's within a half a grain batch weight. Um, our, our spine deflection deviation is, is incredibly tight. So people notice those, those differences in the target world and in the hunting world um, from a durability standpoint and an accuracy, accuracy standpoint that um, the results are there, right? And, you know, you got guys using the same arrows year after year to harvest, uh, you know, big game and and uh you know go to tournaments and 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 get on the podium so i would have to say that those those two things innovation and, and tolerances are really what's what's kind of given victory its, its name and help with our success well i think that uh, brings up a good point or a good intro for um you know how is an arrow made you know you talk about production and getting it in production, getting it into a point where you guys can produce it and produce enough of them in a, in a high-quality situation for your customers. What does the process look like from, you know, let's say you guys come out with a prototype, you give it the stamp of approval. Um, how does that go forward from there? And then, like, how just a general arrow made from a standard carbon arrow up to some of your, like, stainless mesh arrows? Yeah, so... Basically, the way an arrow is made in a, in a kind of simplified fashion is that, uh, you know, arrows are, are wrapped around a mandrel. So, um, actually, even stepping back one, one 
further is that, you know, basically you've got your carbon fiber weaves or your, your sheets that um, come out of our factory. And all these different carbon fibers have uh, various uh, basically like densities or strand counts. Um, and they all serve a different purpose, right? So if we want something in a particular weight class or something that's going to give us a particular diameter or um, type of strength, then we're going to select that prepreg, um, which is the carbon fiber weave, which has been uh, impregnated with resin. And so the resin contents are really specific as well. So, so that's they, really where the... So when you yeah, guys roll off those prepreg sheets are they they're not stiff they're pretty flexible at that point to take the mandrel correct so they're they're um yeah they're they're tacky um and then they're they're kept at a uh, a cool temperature so that resin stays tacky um because you don't want that weave to kind of like expand out or to get uh, to basically lose its its shape because once it comes off the um, out of the factory, it's, it's, everything's really tight. That weave is, is kind of perfect specifications. The resin is all distributed perfectly. So I think, you know, the key is keeping that at a, um, you know, just keeping that weave intact and then stored at the right temperature from what I understand of that process. Again, I'm not an engineer, but, um, I've, I've fiddled around with some carbon fiber things when I've been doing my own fun little prototypes, making skateboards and such like that, surfboards, but got just a little bit tiny bit of experience there, but the key is, yeah. Um, you know, that prepreg is everything, right? If you don't start with a quality material that has been handled well, um, and you try and roll an arrow around a mandrel, which is, you know, you just got basically got a perfectly straight steel tube, um, steel rod. If you don't do that process right and your weave starts to open up or you don't have it rolled up really tight, that's where you, you'll never get um, the same tolerances. So anytime that we are prototyping something and we have a specific concept, a pattern, and it doesn't come out quite right, you know, that's always the first question is like, well, you know, how was the material handled? Was it, was it done according to, you know, this procedure? Because that's really, really key. So, um, you know, I think people don't understand so much that that raw material that goes into the arrow makes an absolute, a huge difference. Um, and then the, the real like subtleties between arrows is that, you know, with a mandrel wrapped process, you've got so many different layers that go into the build of that arrow. So you've got, you know, unidirectional fibers and then fibers oriented at different degrees to give you um, the strength properties that you're looking for and kind of the way I sort of try to describe or envision that is, you know, you've taken a, a dowel with the wood grains running in one direction, right? Um, or a dowel with the wood grains running, um, in the opposite direction. You can just snap that pretty easily because everything's right there. You, you can see the, the grain and you can just break it. It's like a pencil super easy to break in your hand. But um, if you were to have something that was constructed 
with one layer going in one direction, another layer going in another direction, another layer going straight over and over and over. And you tried to break that there'd be, you couldn't do it um, because you've got all those different fiber layers oriented and, and reinforcing each other, creating that, you know, that weave uh, durability. And I think that's part of our process that, really, really helps to set us aside from, from other types of processes, from poltrusion and things of those nature that you can't get the same durability with, with a, you know, a standard uh, process that doesn't, doesn't have those different layers to really build up the, the strength of the shaft. And that's where the, you know, 40 plus years of carbon fiber experience from Oldwell and Mitsubishi really helps where we can, we can tap into that knowledge and, you know, they're doing stuff in the aerospace industry and, and a lot of different, uh, you know, automotive applications. So that's where we can really tap into their knowledge and, and help to improve the airline a ton. So after you, they wrap the mandrel, um, does it get gone into the oven to cure or into a heat source and then ground off? Or I, I've never seen it. That's just kind of my understanding. Yeah, that's, that's primarily, um, you know, there's, there's the curing process um, where, you know, your resins and everything are going to set. And then, um, yeah, a lot of shafts are then ground down. So um, they'll, they'll grind down to the spine. So, and that, that allows you to get a really, really, really precise spine uh, because you can grind it to the exact um, stiffness that you're looking for. Whereas if you were just to try to like wrap it and, um, just take it out of the oven and shoot it like that. I don't think you'd be able to get to the same type of tolerances. So that's, that's also, also part of the, the process is grinding to the spine. Yeah, one, uh, one question I have, Devin, is, and this might be jumping a little bit ahead here, but on your guys' arrows, um, especially on your high-end ones, you guys do the spine aligning decal on there, um, which works really good as far as if you got bare shafts, you know, we can fletch on that, or if you're buying pre-fletched ones, um, just for some of the listeners out there, could you touch on like one, how you guys go about doing that spine aligning and then two, like what are the benefits of that? Yeah. Uh, so the spine alignment, that's the process that we use to identify the stiff axis of flex on the shaft. Um, so that the exact machine that we use, I don't know um, if I can describe it perfectly but basically what the machine is doing is that it's taking those raw shafts after they're um you know after they come off the mandrels after they're ground to spine after they're um sorted and 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 checked through qc then they go you know one of the last things that happens is they go to our our digital spine uh, alignment machine and they're essentially um put under a load where the machine will roll the arrow to its weak side and then it's gonna um, basically give us a reading on where the stiff plane of the axis is a uh, stiff plane of the arrows so what that does is you know we're, we, we mark that stiff plane and then when that arrow goes to get graphics um, they'll take that mark from the machine and make sure that the graphics, which also have a spine alignment indicator, lines up perfectly on that line. And and really the way the, the 
the spine of an arrow works is that um, there's essentially kind of four four points. So you have on each stiff and weak axis, you have, um, you know, you could find on a, if you had your own spine alignment machine, you could find the stiffest point um, of that shaft. And that would be on your spine line. Or you might find that that was 180 degrees from the spine line. But what's happening is that as long as you're fletching your arrow on that plane, the arrow is going to perform the same way because out of a compound bow, you're getting vertical flex. You're getting flex on that y-axis. On a recurve, you're getting flex on that x-axis. So um, as long as you're orienting and fletching the arrow on that stiff plane, you're going to get that consistent result because you want to limit the overall variabilities in your shaft. So by taking each shaft and ensuring that each one is going to flex on that stiff plane and is going to flex the same as the other ones, then your grouping is obviously going to um, tighten up a bunch because you don't have one arrow that's flexing on the weak plane uh, right off the bat, which means it's going to be flexing overall more compared to the one plane that's, that's oriented on the stiff plane. So it's just another uh, level of getting your shaft and your equipment and everything to just be incredibly consistent batch to batch. So, you know, weight's a huge factor. Um, straightness is a huge factor. Spine is a huge factor because, you know, if, if everything is flexing the same, then you're going to get better groups. And I think as an end consumer, we see it and we recognize it as pro shop guys, but so an individual buys a dozen arrows from Victory, and they notice immediately after they're tuned and after they're sighted in that they're consistently holding tighter groups. And it doesn't matter if it's arrow number one or if it's arrow number 12. Where other arrow manufacturers, and not very many people at all are going to do this, You, if the only way to really find that is, one, invest the money into a spine tester, which you're not going to do, most of people are the next step, I guess, is they could do the, you know, they could paper tune every arrow and find where that, where it's, you know, indexing as far as the knock. But that process is already done. You don't have to float them in a bathtub. And that's, you know, back in granddaddy's age, they did that. Now you shoot them through paper. But uh, our, our customers are seeing it's already done. The work's already done. And the consistency, which is a word that we've said numerous times on this podcast, that is a secret ingredient in archery, and they're finding that because, you know, and it, and it holds true uh, from your TKO series to your, your standard shafts to the sports to gamers to elites, and I love how they put elite as the 001 straightness. You know, it's not a pro model or anything. That, it's, it's an elite standard. But that's, that's what you're kind of talking about, and I think you hit it, like you said, straight up and out of the park is the consistency because it's already done as far as spine aligned. Yeah. And like, like you said, I mean, I've, I've worked in a shop, right. And so I've been, I've gone completely down the rabbit hole with all of my equipment. Um, you know, I used to take each arrow and I would do my own straightness measurements, front, middle, end. I would do my own spine measurements. Um, I would rank each arrow. I would write numbers on them. I would take hours and hours and hours and hours to do this stuff. Right. Um, fletching them myself, like just making sure they were just like the best they could possibly be. Cause it was, you know, 
I don't know. I guess I had a ton of time back in, <laughs> in that day and <laughs> I don't know what happened, where all that time came from, but, um, I used to love doing that. Right. And so, and I would shoot and I would love the consistency that I got and I would love how they performed. And these were with victory arrows. Um, cause that was just really the first arrow that I was introduced to, but I also got to try a bunch of different ones since I worked in, in a shop. Um, so I got to test and try all these different arrows and then, you know, I just kind of got lazy, whatever it was. I just started running out of time. Um, my wife and I would shoot a lot. I would constantly fletch in her arrows too. And, and I was just like, you know what? I just don't have time right now to like do this full arrow build. I'm just going to take a 12 pack fletched, you know, it's almost like, like sacrilegious to, to do that. Um, in my mind, right. Coming from just like a super nerded out arrow build. I was just like, I'm just gonna take a 12 pack already fletched, um, put glue the inserts in after I cut them to length and, and shoot those. And I was like, Oh, I don't notice the difference at all. <laughs> I honestly swear to you, I did not notice any difference in the performance of my shooting, my groups, nothing. Um, the fletching, everything we do is hand fletched with a Bitsenberger at a two and a half degree vehicle. I was like, boom, that's what I do too. So right off the bat, fletching was what matched what I wanted. Um, and, and the straightness, everything was 1000 straightness, um, the spines, everything was already spine aligned. So I think that's, that's really what we're doing is it's, it can be done, um, by going through dozens and dozens of arrows and getting the perfect bash and everything. But, Victory's already done that. We've, we've spent the time. We've, we've done all that in production so that when you buy that dozen arrows, you can just take them out of the box, cut them, glue the inserts in, and trust that your, your dozen is going to perform the same. Each arrow is going to do the same thing. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the things about Victory is you guys have a carbon arrow from an HV for someone that wants something super lightweight up to, you know, some of your uh, stainless steel mesh ones. Um, you know, and right now that is that is such a big thing is the personalization of especially arrow weights. You know, you have guys that want six, 700 grain arrow builds and you got guys that want 350 grain arrow builds. Um, what is the difference, or, you know, kind of in the carbons in there and material build-wise um, when you're talking like some of your high mod carbon compared to, you know, how that mesh fits in with the carbon compared to just your standard Yeah, it's it's pretty um, it's pretty interesting though the whole world of carbon fiber and all the different area weights and, and resin contents and all that stuff. It's, it's kind of incredible how many options there are. So, you know, like you said, we've got um, like our ripped extreme velocity, which is also the same as the 3D HB shaft. Um, some of the shafts we do, we have a hunting version and a target version. And we get that question a lot, like, "Hey, what's the difference between these two?" Um, they're identical carbon shafts. We just brand them differently and offer them with different components. So your Rip XV is going to come with your hunting outsert, um, whereas the 3DHV is going to come with a unibushing and, and no outsert. So different price points um, because of those components, and we assume people are going to do different things with them. So, um, you know, to go back to the question, though, for something like... A, a rip xv you want some some people just want the lightest fastest arrow out there 
and that's pretty much what that arrow is. And it's going to be a thinner wall, obviously. So, um, you know, you're using your different types. You're, you can use the modulus of carbon um, and the, the carbon fiber area weight and the resin content to achieve that super, super lightweight but still durable shaft. Um, and, and I'm actually amazed how durable those arrows are um, when you look at the carbon wall. Um, so, you know, you compare the RIP XV to, let's say, the RIP TKO, both a 204 diameter shaft. Um, the TKO has got a much thicker wall, um, and that's in part because it has the the 45-degree low-torque weave on the outside, um, which is going to add durability. It's also going to really help with your, you know, your torque recovery and everything. Um, and And really what it comes down to is that you know, that diversity in, in the carbon fiber layup and the resin and, and all that stuff and, and how you're building it and grinding it, um, and what your wall thicknesses are. That's, that's kind of like the secret to the difference between the arrows. Um, so, you know, when you look at something like our VAP SS or our extortion shaft that we released a couple years ago, that's truly, um, unique. Uh, I would say, you know, revolutionary technology that really has never been done before because um, what that is, is that's a stainless steel mesh that is run through the process like our carbon fiber is. Um, and it's pre-pregged with resin, just like our carbon fiber weaves would be. And it's rolled up the exact same way, but that's actually rolled into the carbon layer as another one of those orienting fiber layers to add just like incredible durability to the shaft. Um, and, you know, what, what we wanted is we wanted that durability in that area, but we didn't want to sacrifice um, a ton of weight. And we didn't want to have something that was going to uh, bend and take a set like aluminum does. Because, you know, steel right off the bat has a, a three to one higher yield point than aluminum. So, just from a material standpoint, your aluminum is going to want to bend and stay bent um, three times easier than steel. Now, that steel in a mesh format uh, rolled up into an arrow is even much harder to get to bend and stay bent. So, you know, we have two arrows in that class. We have the extortion, which is a super heavy, like, momentum machine, um, something with, you know, just high kinetic energy that's going to... Um, be for your guys looking to just have that really heavy, hard hitting two or four diameter arrow. That's what the extortion was, and that was the first generation. Um, the VAP stainless steel actually has an even um, thinner mesh than the extortion, so thinner, lighter mesh, and um, that really, like I think, the pinnacle of what we've done for hunting arrow technology because it's right there in that same grains branch as our VAP TKO. It's right there that, you know, a lot of your bow hunters are looking for. Give you the opportunity to stack a bunch of weight up on the front if you like. You know, it comes with a 50 grain outer. We've got 75 grain options and you can, you can add that FOC if you want it, but you're not stuck with a 550, 600 grain arrow to have a really, really like, you know, hard hitting sledgehammer of an arrow. And you see that a lot. Uh, this whole extreme front of center trend that is 
I, I call it an internet phenomenon, you know, but people are buying into it. What I really enjoy about Victory is I don't have to sub out my components. Like I don't have, you know, if I wanted to buy the shaft that I want to buy and I do, I don't have to go elsewhere to get a different component. I want the same engineering feed. I want the same technology. I want this, the QC that comes from Victory is phenomenal. But you, you can go from one end of the spectra all the way to the other end from light versus heavy with your components. And I think you guys, you've put just as much time in your components as you have, you know, your shafts. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but just having the advancement that, you you know, some guys, their eyes get big as saucers when we tell them all of the options that you can get with a Victory Arrow. And uh, you, can you touch on that a little bit about your components? Yeah, I, um, as like the marketing and graphics manager every year, I got to do the catalogs and I have to wrap my head around our components. So sometimes my eyes get big as saucers too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we have a ton of options for people. It's, it's amazing. Um, like I said, in terms of arrow count and components, it's amazing how the, the diversity of what we offer. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we've been just trying to innovate in that category as well because an arrow is really only as good as its components so you know for that micro diameter shaft with the you know invention of the vap arrow i think we've had five different generations of of outsert um and we've really hit the you know hit the nail on the head with the the latest version with the shock tl i think um that you know incorporates a much larger sleeve over the shaft and the post that goes inside all in one component that's all um, built together. So it's almost like having a footer built into your component to cover that carbon and protect it, um, which is just proved to be really, really um, successful. And we've got some kind of cool videos shooting that um, with our new VAPSS arrow through an elk steamer on our website. And you can just see it smash right through and, and then we just pull it out and spin it. That spins true. So, um, and I did that test actually, um, with the same arrow, we shot the same elk femur in different places, like seven times. Um, and I had flushed up a whole dozen for that test and then only ended up using one, which was just like mind blowing to me because I thought for sure we were going to break some stuff. Um, but we didn't. And, and I think that's a testament to the, the strength of the arrow and the strength of the components. And that's not just in the hunting world too. I mean, in the target world, we've got so many different options for, for your, you know, your guys looking for a specific weight, um, everything that we do, all of our components hunting and target are threaded from the back, um, except for the 166 line, which is a too small for that standard 832 thread, but everything else is, is, um, tapped from the back. So you can add weight to your target, uh, points, to your, to your hunting shaft if you want. And that's really nice just to be able to kind of fine tune. But, um, you know, from, yeah, from I a, think yeah. too, uh, you know, the other part that I really like about that is I can stay with, you know, more of a standard hundred grain broadhead setup and still tweak my front of center and still tweak my components without having to get into a, you know, a heavy, you know, 150 grain broadhead or, or a lighter broadhead. 
and then be really limited on my selection too. So having those components tapped is, is a really nice deal or having the stainless components and the different options. Yeah, definitely. And it just gives you that ability to, to play around with it too. I mean, if you're, if you're not sure if you're having a, a spine issue or, um, you know, what might be going on with the tune of your bow, being able to play around with the arrow weight is, is huge because you can, you can weaken up that shaft and right away know like, Oh, okay, this is what's going on. I'm having a, you know, my shaft is, is too stiff. I threw some weight on there and it tuned out great. Um, so rather than going through kind of tearing your hair out, you can test some, some theories there pretty quickly and get to the bottom of it. And I think a lot of, a lot of, some of our, our customers that we call them geeks or arrow geeks, um, for example, a guy can come in and he can buy a dozen, let's just say, ripped TKOs, okay? You can get four different inserts for that. The days of, you know, backing out your tiller tune or, or trying to lower your poundage because you have one arrow, now we can tune the arrow to our setup. And there's some controversy and might get some emails on this, but you, if you're tuning your arrow to your bow, you're going to have faster reactions and you're going to have a better outcome down the line because there's only so much we can do to a bow, uh, you know, in the shop and then individuals that are doing it on themselves, but just having, you can buy a dozen arrows and you can, you know, fletch two of them and do them with a 50 grain, the new TLs or a stainless steel. Uh, if you wanted to go closer to that hundred grain setup or just a standard insert at 20 some grains, um, that's in one package of arrows. That's three different arrow builds that you can, that you can fine tune, I guess is the word that I'm looking at. And you can do that actually with, Almost every every arrow of victories, some of the standard shafts, Absolutely. you're limited a little bit there. But what did, uh, as far as differences, you know, we talked carbon and then your carbon SS and the tolerances of the arrow. But what are you noticing in differences or, or aid our listeners just a little bit of fat shaft and from target archery, but in the hunting world? A standard diameter shaft. And when we say these these numbers like 0. 0.246 or 0. 0.204, 0. 0.166, that's the internal diameter because the external diameter is changing with the spine ever so slightly. But what do you see in the differences between your, your VAPs, which has revolutionized the industry, to just a standard shaft? So there's there's so many different ways to, to look at an arrow setup and, and people call all the time and they're like, hey, what's, what's arrow for me you know like what what should i shoot i've heard a lot of great things about going with micro diameter shafts and um good things about the vap and and the rip series and first off i mean some people just don't like shooting a micro diameter um, maybe that's because of the way it fits in their quiver or maybe they've had a bad experience with components in the past i think a lot of those things have quickly been addressed in the industry so um the sort of disadvantages to going with a smaller diameter shaft are fewer and fewer. Um, and, and what you're going to gain from that is, is much better penetration. Um, a lot of durability cause you've got a thicker carbon wall generally with a micro diameter or a smaller diameter shaft. Um, and, and the reason why they penetrate better is because you've got a larger component on the front, smaller diameter shaft, there's less friction. That arrow just you no know, drag as it's passing through the target. So, um, that's one great advantage in the, in the accuracy standpoint, a, a smaller micro diameter shaft will also cut through the wind a lot better because you've got less surface area to get pushed around. 
Um, so those are all really good advantages of going that route. But by all means, you don't have to shoot a micro. Um, you know, our our standard line, like our V-Force and our V-Force TKO, are actually phenomenal arrows for hunting and target. And I get the question a lot, like, oh, I want a shaft that's, that can, you know, do everything. I want to shoot 3D. I want to hunt. I want to do it all with the same arrow. And I tell a lot of people that the V-Force TKO is is a fantastic option because um, it is that standard diameter, so you don't have to worry about quivers or anything like that. Um, you get a little bit better scoring potential for a 3D without having you know to get blown around in the wind by like a really fat shaft. Um, if you're shooting 60 pounds, you know don't even need that much um and, and you put the arrow in the right place you can take down anything in north america with that arrow um i think a lot of people get a little bit um sort of carried away with wanting to have just like the most extreme absolute best penetrating um just like absolute bone crushing machine which is cool i dig it i'm i'm right there with you i do it i you know i love going down that road and and, and getting it set up like that but it's not necessarily um, the only way to do it. And it's not necessarily, you know, it's not essential per se. If you want to go out and hunt deer, you don't have to have, uh, you know, a $250 arrow build and something that's, you know, that's going to be have like all the latest and greatest technology. It's certainly going to give you some advantages, but if you wanted, you know, the V-Force TKO, um, or, or something in our standard line, you're still going to get all those same precision uh, tolerances that Victory offers. You're still going to get all those same features. It's just not going to have that same type of penetration. But like I said, if you put that arrow in the right place, you're going to harvest the animal and, and you're going to be successful. So every, everything you know has to be kind of taken with grain of salt. And some of the differences between the arrow lines are, are, are subtle, but they have real implications in the in the hunting and target world for people that want those looking for those kind of subtle nuances and looking for that specific arrow to match their setup. That's going to tune and, 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 and give them the advantage that they're looking for in a particular hunting situation. Yeah. And I think sometimes, uh, I know I see it in here, guys are getting set up. I think, I think a lot of guys do overlook the arrow, you know, that they're shooting a little bit and it maybe doesn't matter for the guy that's only going to shoot, 20 or 30 yards, maybe he's just kind of a weekend, you know, hunter, he's going to go out a few times, but the guys that are really into it and are buying high-end bow setups that want to shoot 50 plus yards and be as accurate as they can, I think the arrow is just as important as really any component you put on your bow. Yeah, especially once you start putting broadheads on there and, you know, things that make that arrow plain and not fly quite as true as the field tip does. Absolutely. And I also think, um, you know, statistics don't lie. Numbers don't lie. And I personally did this because I'm one of those arrow geeks, you know, kind of like yourself, Devin, that you complete build from ground up. And and every arrow that I've ever shot in the past until the last couple of years with victory, you know, let's say we put it on a spine test. And a spine, a 300 spine arrow you know, one of your stiffer sides of things, and then you go down, and spine, as Brandon has touched on before, has to do with your poundage and your draw length. You have to have the correct spine. And you can go on Victory's website, and they actually have a spine calculator. You can type in all of the information, 
and boom, it shows up on the bottom. But when you have, when you test that, okay, when you take a dozen victory arrows and you test the spine, it leads the industry as far as tolerances. And like we said before, victory does all the work for you. So you're not having to buy a dozen arrows and throw three of them on the side, you know, and I hate when people say, well, I'm going to get, I'm going to get these cheap arrows for practice and then I'm going to hunt with these arrows. You yeah. Don't do that. Just get the same, get a dozen arrows or get two dozen or, or six or whatever you want. And the durability of victory, you could buy six arrows. You could practice all summer long and probably refletch them because you're going to rip them off as accurate as they are. And then, and you can hunt with them. You know, you're not having to do a, a two way street to get down the same path. But, uh, you know, that's something that I've found in, and we tested out the VAP SSs yesterday and uh, extremely high tolerances. Uh, you I mean, it's true to the word. And that's, that's what I enjoy about a company that puts out a product that lives up to the name, you know, of what you're putting there. And you've done a lot with the target shafts as well. Uh, last year you brought out the tax and are the V tax and, um, you know, that's, if it hasn't already become one of the leading in the industry is the target world, which target archers are very, very specific on their arrows. Um, it's soon going to be, you know, we've seen a bunch of them in Vegas this year. And, and of course with things going on, we haven't been to a lot of 3d shoots, but you're seeing more and more, especially the new arrows because of the concept and the technology that you put behind them. Yeah. And you know, on those VAP SS arrows, you know that we couldn't cherry pick anything because we have gotten so many orders and we're so slammed on that arrow that, I mean, we're literally cranking those out as fast as humanly possible. And obviously everything's going through our QC and, um, you know, we're not, we're not cutting any corners, but we're certainly not cherry picking arrows and sending them to you guys. Like, Hey, check this out. Look at this perfect dozen. We went through and like hand selected, through 10 dozen to get the perfect one for no, those are just hot off the, the press. Like, you know, that that's what you're getting. Um, so that's cool to hear that those, those are still living up to the same standards that we have for all our shafts and, and something else too, just to touch on that. A lot of people don't think about something really cool about the victory line. You can, let's say, let's say you're shooting, um, a rib TKO. Um, you can buy, six dozen whatever it is of your, your rip tko elite arrows that you want for hunting that are just like the best of the best and you can actually buy another six or dozen of the rip tko sport arrows and and we, we publish the batch weights on all of our shafts so you can get an identical arrow the only difference between our elite gamer and sport is that they're they're laser sorted at the end of production so the ones become elites the threes become gamers, the sixes become sports. Um, and so if you wanted that like practice arrow, that cheaper arrow um, to just practice with all year, you can just buy the sport shaft, which is going to save you a bunch of money, beat the hell out of those, and then shoot the elites and have your really high-end shaft. And they're identical. I mean, they're weight, everything the exact same. So, you, you know, for those guys that do want to, you know, oh, I want to practice with the cheap ones and I want to hunt with the good ones. You can actually do that with victory and not sacrifice anything and not have to worry about retuning or resighting it or anything like that. Yeah, I think uh, maybe a little fun exercise here towards the end of this is maybe we'll go around, kind of say what our arrow builds are, what we're kind of going to hunt this fall and why we chose it. 
Um, maybe we'll start with Wade and uh, give us a rundown. So I'm running two two completely different bows as far as setup. I have a Matthews VXR 31 and a half, and I'm going to run the the VAP SS with the TL insert that comes with it. It's 50 grains. So that arrow is cut at 27 and a half inches. And then, of course, the insert-outsert system puts it just a little bit over 28 and a quarter. Um, and then I run it. I have three 2.6 veins on the back with a rapid. And that arrow build is 464 grains. Between the dozen, I had a half a grain difference um, on those. And they'll blow wow. through any of our 365 targets. Uh to the point where you see the point on the back of it. They're just absolutely detrimental on anything. And then I went a little bit lighter on my Bowtech Revolt X. I went with a RIP TKO. Uh, I, I still put the 50 grain insert, but that knocks it down to like 8.8 .8 grains per inch. Same fletching configuration on the back and using the, the victory knock that comes with it. And that's another thing we can touch on a bit. But that one there is a 434 grains on the nose. Very consistent. I'm getting a little bit more speed on that setup. And that, I think that's what I'm going to use. I, I'm, a, I'm kind of a speed freak a little bit. And uh, when we go, you know, West River, uh, I'm going to chase that speed. And I still get with a 204 inside diameter, I'm still getting, you know, I'm cutting a wind drift down a bunch. But those are the two arrows as far as hunting that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rock this year. Yeah, so for me... Um I shot the VAP arrows for, I don't know, probably seven or eight years up until I think three years ago, you guys came out with your RIP TKOs and I've been using those for deer hunting, turkey hunting, mule deer hunting, um, have, auto, have had awesome luck with them for penetration and everything. Uh, I run the 300 spine with just their standard uh, 20 grain insert as I like to be a little lighter. I think my setup's like 404. Um, I am going to play around a little bit with that new VAP SS this year. I don't know if I will, I don't know if I'll use that instead of my rips because I've had such good luck with them, but I am going to get a set and shoot them and tune them and play with them and I guess kind of see what I like better. And um, I haven't set them up yet, but when I was looking at them, I'll probably run the lighter insert and at my draw length, I think I'll probably run around like 430 total setup weight. What is your draw length, Brandon? 27 and a half. Okay. Um, but then, you know, with that VAP, their components, I'll be cutting it a little shorter. So my total carbon will probably be like 26 and a quarter only. And you're talking mostly deer setup as well. Yeah, yeah. So, right. So for me, I'm not elk hunting at all. Um, this is all mule deer, whitetail. And is that the grain weight you're kind of looking for? Or what do you kind of prefer? For yeah, that? for me personally, I like to be, I kind of like to be right around that 400. And that's where that rip TKO for me is, you know, like I said, it's 404 at my setup. And I think that's a great combination as far as speed, but still having a hard hitting, good penetrating arrow. And I've had awesome luck tuning it, long range shooting. Um, I've passed through everything I've shot, and my drawing's pretty short. So, you know, I shot a mule deer last year at 60 yards, and I picked it out of the dirt on the other side. So with a smaller, as far as inches in, in your arrow shaft, are you dropping down in a spine? Or do I you actually, always spine up? I actually like to spine up, so I'm shooting 300 spine. Um, I prefer a little stiffer arrow. I've had better luck tuning it out of my bow. I think long range I've had... You know, better accuracy, better broadhead flight with that as well. Jake, which one of your 1,500 bows do you? Well, uh, <laughs> this will be the first year in 20 years I don't have an out-of-state tag in my pocket. So I'm looking 
mostly for deer setup. And uh, my philosophy is probably different than both. I've been shooting RIP TKO um, with the aluminum component to try to keep my arrow weight at like that 430 grain for, for elk hunting. Uh, that's kind of my sweet spot. If I can be at that like 430, I feel like I still have enough penetration on big game, but I can still get away with a little bit of mispinning or, or yardage guessing being off. Um, I'm actually going to either shoot. Right now I got some rip TKOs and I actually put the stainless in there and actually went heavier for a whitetail setup just because the yardages are known more. I'm, I'm not guessing, you know, things aren't happening as fast. Well, they, they can, but generally not as fast as you are when you're elk hunting or out west. Uh, so I'll end up with that setup or a VAP SS, you know, somewhere probably around that 460 grain, which mainly to shoot a big expandable broadhead to make sure. And you're shooting on that build, you're shooting the Garmin? Yep. So you're rain, you're having the ability to range. Yes. And, and I, so before we get into Devin's build and Jake continue on yours, the reason that I, and I think Brandon's in the same spot as me, is we've hunted out west enough, or even here in the Midwest with whitetails. Yes, everybody ranges the birch tree that's 22 yards away from you. If something happens and you're not shooting a Garmin, which are, for those of you listening, the Garmin is a rangefinder built into the site. Automatically sets your pin once you let off the trigger, tells you where you're at. But if you have any misjudge, like Jake said, on yardage, you have to have a little bit of forgiveness. If you're shooting a 796-grain arrow at 60 pounds because you think that you're going to you know, aim at the shoulder and you're going to be all right, what happens if he wins you or what happens if the doe moves off and now he's seven yards further? And you don't have time to range them and reset your sight or drop down. You don't know if you're going to drop down to a pin where at that yardage, three or four pins might not be on the deer cavity with that heavy of an arrow. Where our arrows, you know, I can put all five pins if I'm shooting a fixed or I know that I'm only going to have a three or four inch difference. So that's the mentality behind us. Yeah, and I think that's where the great arrow debate is right now. Um, the last heavy setups I've shot uh, was probably five years ago uh, and I hit a really big elk that I was off probably eight yards he came in with a herd of probably 50 and they were all around me and I drew back and guessed probably eight yards off one lunged them kind of backstrapped them I spent two days staying on them never could get another arrow in them and that same year I mispinned a mule deer that happened quick too and uh, I've just found for myself if I can stay in that 430 range for western hunt I can still be around that 300 feet per second. I don't have any problems with penetration, but I have a little bit of forgiveness with setup. I mean, even the elk I shot last year, he came in quick to a water hole, and uh, I was at full draw already, and I guessed. And I mean, I double lunged him, but if it would have been a really heavy arrow setup, I think I would have hit him high, and then that would have been a sad year instead of a super happy year, you know. But and that's what, where the personal preference goes. What's your draw length, Jake? Uh, 30 inches. And shooting 70 pounds? Yep. Versus 27 and a half. 27 and a half, yep. And I'm 29. Devin, what's your draw length? Um, 29 and a half. Okay, so kind of at the tip of that golden triangle, so to speak. So the 29 and a half and the 30, you guys are already getting off the charts as far as kinetic energy and your draw force curve with that poundage. Um, Devin, what are you What are you going to run? Or what hunts are you going on? And then what, are you going to have different arrow builds or are you just going to rock one for this year? 
well, I need to, I need to figure my shit out. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> so I'm probably going to shoot the rip TKOs again. Uh, that's what I shot last year and last couple years. And, um, so I think I'll probably go to our new shock TL outert and, um, I'm going to beat up on Jake a little bit because I know you're, you don't have any out of state tags because you just had a baby, but that's no excuse. Yes, we're going to drive <laughs> 20 hours to Wyoming, my wife, our baby and I, and we're going to, uh, bring that baby into the blind and go shoot some antelope. So get on it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Over the but, counter. Uh, here we go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I mean, uh, in all seriousness, that is the plan. So, and I'm putting all my chips in that, in that antelope basket. I just got the draw results yesterday. So, um, I went out there last year, didn't draw a buck tag, um, shot a doe this year. We both have buck tags and doe tags. Um, and just ate the last of the antelope, uh, backstrap last night, as it were to celebrate the tags. So, it's like full on now. Um, need some meat in the freezer. So yeah, uh, I'm running the the Rip TKO. I'll I'll go with the the 50 grain Shock TL. Usually, uh, usually I, I err on the side of being a little bit heavier um, than you guys, I think, and that's probably just a factor of, like you said, I've got a couple inches on the draw length um, that that give me the speed. So that sort of makes up for some of that added weight. Um, if you were to break that down, we would probably be shooting kind of similar speed, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I like to get as much weight as possible uh, while not sacrificing that distance judging game because, you know, the like you said, this is kind of the great debate. You can either go incredibly heavy and load up that arrow and smash through a shoulder. And I got no argument that says, otherwise and that you're 100 percent correct you have the momentum you have um, the kinetic energy you're going to smash through whatever you shoot um you're correct but you still have to hit the deer and you still have to hit them in the right place um so if you're shooting a 700 grain arrow and you don't hit the deer in the right place you're not going to recover it um, and you're probably not going to kill the animal so that's you know, obviously not the goal. You want to be an ethical bow hunter. You want to try to, uh, you know, be as successful as you can. And so I'm not saying that shooting a heavy arrow isn't ethical. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying for me personally, I have a harder time judging distance. So I like to go in that sweet spot where I, I get as much weight as I can um, while, while still feeling like I can judge distance. And, and if I'm off five yards, um, it's not, I'm not going to sail higher or low. So yeah, so uh, rip TKO with the 50 green shock TL, which I haven't built it yet because I still have my rip TKOs from last year with the 50 green. So I think we'll probably be in that like 450 range. Um, I usually shoot a 125 grain broadhead because typically from the broadhead manufacturers they'll they, they'll use a thicker ferrule on the 125, and um, I, I build most of my arrow setups with durability as like at the forefront of my consideration. Um, so that plays into that, that factor of durability. And um, there's a chance maybe I'll shoot some VAP SSs, but looking at uh, the orders that we have right now. You're not getting um, any? I'm not getting any, man. I, I just, I think it's almost like unfair 
to shoot them. There's just so many customers or so many dealers that want these right now. Um, and I don't, I don't need a bat bat test to go shoot an antelope. Um, that's, that would be cool. But, um, I've had, I've gotten to play around with them and I've gotten to do some, some testing and some prototyping and, and some of those marketing videos, like I was talking about with the elk shoulder. So I've gotten to have some fun with those arrows and, um, I designed the graphics for them and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm happy to, to hold off and maybe wait to, to shoot that shaft, um, next year when I go on an elk hunt or something, that would be really cool. Um, that's still on my bucket list. So, and by that, no means that, we're not, we're not downplaying the extreme front of center or the really, really heavy arrow guys that nope, you know, macho men, 80 pounds. Uh, there is a time and there's a place for it. Um, those, you know, a guy with a 30 inch draw that's shooting 80 pounds, obviously that's a whole different category of archer, but a lot of guys are doing, they fall into this and they, they want to shoot a air quote fixed blade broadhead. Well, we all know that if you get an arrow, slow it down to under 280 feet per second, it's going to tune a hell of a lot better than anything, you know, at 310 with a fixed blade. And I, I hate if people are listening, that's not like the answer isn't to go super, super heavy just so you can shoot a fixed blade. You can take, especially in the victory line, and that's what I want to like really press my thumb on, is you can take an extortion, which is the heaviest lineup, the VAP SS is on down to the TKO or to go to the, the HV. You can build with the components. You can, you can replace the insert or redo the insert with the same arrow, and now you bumped up your, your front of center um, enormously, you know, on your mount. You can do that with that arrow or any of the arrows for, for that part. If you just do a little bit of research, um, I think, but you cover all the aspects of it. Or just come yeah, in the shop yeah. and we got stuff to play with and we can, you know, shoot them through your bows and kind of give you an idea where you're going to be with that your setup with an arrow, you know, and kind of ballpark you where you want to be or help you find that, you know, sweet spot or, you know, because we're all a little bit different here um, with a, all have a little bit different setup. Uh, but, you know, part of it comes with shooting some arrows through your bow, figuring out the weights, figuring out what kind of performance you're getting out of it and doing some calculations to figure out, all right, maybe... Maybe you want to go a little bit heavier. You're not going to be taking long shots. You're not going to be, you know, going on a on an out west hunt. You're sitting in the tree stand shooting 30 yards. Or it's not a big deal. Or you're you're going elk hunting. You're shooting a, a smaller weight, but you're going to be water hole hunting or something that's a little more controlled, where you think you got, you know, better idea where your shots are going to be. But that's that's the, I guess the idea behind that whole line is there's so many different components, so many different arrows, um, that you know, you can have that personalized setup and, and achieve exactly what you want with the straightest arrow, with the best, you know, best materials to, to do that for that arrow weight. Yeah. And that's literally, you guys literally hit it perfectly because when people call, they say, what's the right arrow for me? And my first question besides, you know, like, what are you hunting? And, um, and all these things is like, what's, how heavy do you want it? Because that's the part that, that everyone has their most, you know, unique preferences. And just between, you know, all of us here, everyone's got their own weight that they're looking for, right? That, that works for their setup, for their goals, what they're hunting at that time. So, um, and I think that's, that's the key to the victory line is that if you want to be 405 grains, we can probably help you get to that within a grain or two. Like, <laughs> you know, if you want to be, 500, 600, 
700 grains, we can figure out how to make it work. And, and yeah, well, there's nothing against, nothing against shooting a, a super heavy arrow. It's just everything in bow hunting is a trade-off, right? If you want to shoot something really, really heavy, well, you're going to lose a lot of speed. So maybe they're going to jump the string. If you want to shoot something really, really light and fast, well, they're probably not going to jump your string as bad, but your, your arrow is going to be way louder. Your bow is going to be way louder because there's less energy there. And, uh, you know, you may not get that same momentum. So everything's a trade off, you know, it's, it's, it's all what works for your setup, what you're hunting at the time. And yeah, you know, it sounds like you guys have some pretty, pretty sweet builds. Uh, so, so anyways, Jake, I'm, I'm going to continue to beat up on you for, for not doing an out of state hunt. Come on. You got to bring that baby into the blind. Yeah, I got a new uh, piece of property I bought this year. So between getting that set up and spending some time with the little guy, I uh, decided to build points. But I'll put one on you. Um, my little guy will be building points in July already at uh, like four months old. So Montana, what? yeah, Montana, <laughs> you can start building uh, building points. Well, we're moving to Montana. <laughs> well, that way, I figure for his 12th birthday, we'll be going on a really cool elk hunt. No kidding, man. Holy shit. I don't think uh, the little one will be spoiled at all to you, Brandon. <laughs> 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 I love it, and and we strongly encourage it. Devin, um, we've been on here for an hour and five, and I know you're super busy, even though it's early out west. Uh, we appreciate you being on, and we encourage everybody, if if you're right in the market, or even if you've been shooting the same arrow for the last five years, come into the shop. I'm I'm staring directly down to our arrow wall right now. There's 12 different arrows hanging on the wall. If you put into from bear shafts, you can. there's 25 to 35 different arrow builds from Victory um, with the knowledge, the experience, and, of course, personal experience and customer. We listen to our customers all the time. Strongly encourage you to kind of check out some of the new new things from Victory. Uh, we still have like the original VAP that I'm surprising we sell every day. They go out the door. And uh, there's just a plethora of information out there, and we'd love to dissect the arrow build. It's a very, very important tool in your setup. And you can go on Victory's website, and you can pretty much build your arrow before you get here, and we have all of the stuff in stock. Devin, again, we appreciate everything. I hope you're the best, and we'll probably check up with you here this fall. I'd love to do just a, a Target Arrow podcast with you um, as we got a chance yeah. to, to see it at ATA, you know, and the, and the new arrows we just dabbled with a little bit, and, uh, you know, they're, they're eye-opening. So, again, we appreciate it. On behalf of Jake and Brandon and myself, come on into the shop. Uh, subscribe to all of our podcasts on the platforms, also our YouTube channel, and thank you again for listening to Archery Country Podcast. We'll see you down the road. Thank you for listening to Archery Country Podcast. 